0: If I'm my way to Mars on a collision course,
1: I am a satellite.
0: Just Sure, I can do Count Gordival. He's, <laughs> he's right here.
2: You know. Wow. Um, okay. Um, so first of all, I want to thank you, sir, for giving me your time and patience to do the interview. I know that um, with Halloween coming up, I'm um, pretty sure it must be super busy for you uh, during this time frame. Well,
0: you know what? For, for, for a lot of horror hosts it is, but you know – I've always felt Halloween was uh, one of those holidays that I kind of ignored. <laughs> I'm so yeah. serious here because, yeah, you know, this is one of those days, this is the day that everyone else in the world gets to play vampire and werewolf and mummy and whatever else they want. I mean, I get to do that at the, the other 364 days a year. So, you know, eh, let them have the fun.
2: <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I know that, um, does it ever become like, um, I guess, uh, does your house, Do you decorate your house more so for Halloween, or do you just keep it quiet and still pass out candy for the kids?
0: Uh, You know, actually, for the past several years, I haven't been anywhere near a home for Halloween because we've been out doing uh, personal appearances and events and stuff like that. So, actually, I've been on the road. So, actually, it's been a, I think this year is going to be the first Halloween we've had probably in in the last uh, four or five years, anyway. But when when you know when when I was around at the uh, the domain uh yeah i used to I used to do mild things, you know, put out little, some fog and some music and some effects and some yeah. strange lighting, and you know not want to scare the kids too much, but enough to remind them that this is Halloween, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: of course, sir, absolutely. Um, I know that you're hosting uh the original uh screen, uh screen of the original Halloween. Um, are you excited at all or is this something that you know, you're just more excited just for the entertainment purposes or just more so um looking forward to introducing people who may have not seen Halloween or who might not have seen Gordoval Live? Well, you know, I've had,
0: I've had a very good very good fortune of having a relationship with the American Film Institute in the Washington D.C. area. And I think this is like the 15th or 16th movie that I've hosted uh, in their facility, and and the AFI Theater, the AFI Silver, is a beautiful 400-seat uh, Art Deco single-screen theater that has just been renovated. It's been renovated and is beautiful, and has this incredible uh, projection system, so they can show. Almost anything, uh, and they've given me the opportunity three times a year to pick a movie, and uh, and host it. And so, how yeah, how what how could you not be excited? I mean, I've been able to see, I've been able to pick some some of my favorite films from the original Dracula and Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, and we, I mean, we did Abigail Celluloid Frankenstein. We did the Bug, some Bug movies from the fifties, and wow. then we do we get to do this one, and this is. So cool, because I didn't think that we could get it because this, after all, is the fortieth anniversary of Halloween, so I figured that you know the studio is probably going to do a a fortieth anniversary spread across the country right before they introduce their new one, which is going to be released uh right at Halloween, so I'm going. Yeah, we probably can't get it, but lo and behold, we got it. And I said, okay, I'm excited. Let's do this. Yes, this is cool. I have, now I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen Halloween since I saw it when it came out 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited about seeing it. I was watching the trailer the other day as we were putting together the promos. I'm going, oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, that's cool. I get to meet Michael all over again. Wow.
2: Yeah, that it's really impressive. I was like, really um, I know that I saw you on Facebook and I was like, Okay, you know, I was just another horror host and a lot of people were like, Oh my god, you're you friends with Count Courdeval and I have to admit, I'm in the San Antonio area, uh, we didn't really have a whole lot of hosts. I know that we had I think uh we had like the national hosts, uh, like Commander KO, uh Elvira no, it's not Commander K.O. I'm sorry, uh Commander USA, um Elvira, uh, and eventually I think we got um uh, Sven Gully. So I was like, yes. really? I was like, okay. Well, and people were like, oh my god, you know, he's he's huge on the East Coast and Virginia, Maryland, and Washington D.C. He's like a big deal. And I saw the documentary Every Other Day is Halloween, and I instantly fell in love with the movie, the documentary. I thought it was a really amazing piece. Um, I did a review for it, and I just couldn't stop talking about it. And it was one of the things where I tell people. Oh, you know, I, I just I want I want to talk a lot more. I just want to. There's so much more to talk about, I and mean, it's just such a great documentary that everyone has to see. Do you are you getting more of an audience now with this documentary that came out?
0: Well, you know, it's hard to tell to, to be frank about it. You know, it's been it's been ten. Next year will be the tenth anniversary. Uh, that yeah. It's been out, and um, I mean, I get. I. It's like yesterday when we were in San Diego at Comic Con showing this. Yeah. And. Uh, I was there with uh, the producer uh, and director Curtis Trader, and uh, we were. I, I, I remember the day we, it was showing, and there was a a. It was like there was a whole. Of course, there was a whole bunch of films that day, and it, you yeah. know, there were filmmakers before and after. And the film ended, and we went out in front. Everyone was, was very polite and gave a good round of applause and so forth and so on. And I, I I thought I think I think it's a great film. I mean, know, yeah, I think as a film, it's a great film. Yeah. Uh but uh you know, there was these crew, German filmmakers, their film was next. Yeah. And the guy they walk up to us and they said, You know, we don't know horror hosts. We don't have horror hosts in Germany. We don't know anything about this.
1: Oh wow.
0: But we watched this and we are longing for something we missed.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was
0: like I turned to Curtis and I said, You know, that's the best compliment you're ever going to get so, uh, yeah, Uh, I don't I don't know where where, it's streaming now uh, on Amazon, I guess. And um, I just think it's, you know, I think it I think it captures not only just a moment, but it captures, I think, the um, the whole aura of, uh, of of horror hosting, because we bring in the other hosts and we. Do have a brotherhood and sisterhood, uh, oh, monsterhood if you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. that. Yeah. Monsterhood. I I hadn't thought about that one before. Anyway, monsterhood of stuff, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I, did, I just I, I just wish everyone could see it just so they could appreciate the idea and the concept and a little bit of the history of horror hosting.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean that's what I loved about it. I think for me personally, and I you know this is just my personal opinion. It felt like the Mr. Rogers documentary that came out recently where it was just this capsule of, like, history, and it was just amazing. Like, it, it just it, it felt like I've known you my whole life, and it was just, like, refreshing to see this, like, this whole little, like, time capsule of everything um, so far or, like, the pieces, the best of, and it was just very beautiful, and it just made me think, like, it was just such a great movie, and I couldn't stop talking about it and I guess my question is, um sorry, um, did you ever um I know that you were Bozo, you were Captain Twenty and then Count Gordoval, you also did the news. Did you ever think that if if Count Gordoval didn't succeed in a different world, would you have gone back to Captain Twenty or Bozo or just gone back to the news?
0: Well, you know. I really have lived my career um, by a simple thing. I, I, when there was a, I, I would wet my finger, stick it up in the air, and which way the wind blow, that's the way I would go. Yeah. Um, Bozo took me to Washington. I mean, there was no question about that. That was my in to going from the seventy seventh market to the eighth market, yeah. um, and I enjoyed doing it. Uh, now I'm switching back to Dick Dysel here because the oh, no. I, don't, I don't like. So, so, so Bozo took me to, to Washington, and I, 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 I learned how to produce a television program. I learned how to put makeup on. I learned how to market the character. I, I learned how to write for television. All of that came about because of Bozo. So I mean, I have a very there's a very strong part of me that is, is, is a, has a great affinity for Bozo. Yeah. That the end, when they told me, and I they hired me as Bozo. They never mentioned Captain Twenty. Yeah. So I get to Bozo. I spent three months just. They had a show that it, that had been there and it was disastrous, and we just just killed it and started over again from scratch and built it up from from nothing, to do it the right way. And um, and then we get it on. It's going good, and suddenly they say, Oh, by the way, Fall's coming. We want you to do Captain Twenty. I said, What the hell's Captain Twenty? Yeah. And he's well, he, he's kind of the promotional character. And I just was so angry. I did not want to do the captain. And under my contract, I had to. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and they said, well, he's a nurse astronaut. And, and, you know, I, first of all, I couldn't fit into the costume. The pre- There were two previous captains, and they were both short guys, and I'm 6'2". Six th- six you know? So there was no way I was going to fit into the costume. So yeah. I said, okay, look, you're going to do Captain 20. You're going to do it my way. We're going to make him an alien. Uh, we're going to make it like a... a from another, it pl- ended up being initially ended up being from Mars because M&M Mars was our sponsor. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah,
0: and uh, uh, so Captain Twenty was kind of like he never had a program. He just he just hosted cartoons. He was a promotional character. Bozo yeah. had his had 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 his program. Now, five years down the road, and five years down the road. I got tired of Bozo. I'll be very frank about it. I mean, it was a grueling show. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went to the – and I could see where – I stuck my finger up in the air, and I said, you know what? We're starting to get flack for some of the kids' programming that the station is putting on that Captain 20 is promoting. I said, what if we did – what if we canceled Bozo and gave Captain 20 a show – and made him more socially acceptable. Yeah. And they accepted that. And they cancelled Bozus. So I was actually responsible for, you know, the cancellation of my the character that gave me my career.
1: In mm-hmm. the meantime
0: yeah. off to the side is Count the Count. Hey, I'm back here, all right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the Count of course, you know, seventy three comes about, February seventy three. What happened was, let me go back to Dick. I had two kids, so now I did two kid shows, and I wanted to do something with adults. I had been a newsman, I'd been a reporter, I had I had a journalism minor from school, and I wanted to, But the station didn't have any outlet like that. I said, so I went to the program director. I said, Jim, I, I want I, I had this vampire character in Paducah, so why don't you let me do that here? And he said, no, 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 we don't want to do that. We have the general manager doesn't like that, blah, 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 blah. So basically for three, four months, we argued back and forth on this. And finally, we did a, he let me do a pilot. Looking back at it, it was absolutely horrible. But eventually, we finally got got the general manager to agree to it. We came up with the name Gore Duvall. And, um, and then the first thing I did was get a letter from the station acknowledging the fact that I did create this character. This character is mine. I own the character. Outright, the station has no rights to the character, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, so it basically locked in the fact that I owned the Count,
1: oh, that's awesome. and
0: uh, which was the smartest thing I ever did. Yeah. Uh, and then the count, t- count took off. I mean, the Count was a huge hit. For the first two years we were on the air, Saturday nights, we beat Saturday Night Live regularly. Yeah. So, okay, this is cool. And uh, so the Count had his ups and downs, but, you know. Basically, we went through one time. I left the station in '87 when they shut down the studios. Uh, kind, of, kind of went went away while I did my other stuff, and then um, uh, basically I went back to my rock and roll roots and started a DJ company, which was very successful for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, but but in, in '98. The Internet was there. I was promoting my DJ company on the Internet, and people, because my name was out there, people found me, and they said, well, what do what, what you do with the Count? And uh, so I brought the Count to the Internet in 98, and uh, since then, it's been a new life for the, uh, it's been a new life for the vampire who <laughs> never died. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I
2: saw that. I thought it was really impressive. Like as times were changing, you were also evolving, and you took advantage of the internet. And in it's very early heydays, um, you know, going online and just promoting yourself to a lot more. And I think you had a lot more um, freedom to do what you want online as you know your character. When you were on the show uh, doing Gordival, I know it was being on SNL. Did you have was there any time where the studio took charge of production, not so much production, but like creativity, since it was beating SNL after the first season?
0: Basically, my I, I reported to the program director, and the program director said whenever I had a question, he said, don't ask, I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he said, "I, I so he was, he was he wanted he wanted deniability, you know." So okay, actually, I, I had a lot. I had a terrible amount of freedom at the station. Yeah, uh, it was okay. And here's the here's the nice thing about it. It was the the last dying breath of local television.
3: Yeah,
0: we had the biggest two biggest studios in the city. We had this incredible production facility. We had a lot of talented people. But it was very loose structurally. I worked for the programming department, but I was very close to the production department. I always was technically oriented, and I just had a lot of good friends at the station. And we didn't have a budget. We didn't have to go through a lot of the bureaucracy. I mean, for example, I said, "Okay, uh, I want to do this, but I need something from the art department." So I'd go down to the art department and said, "Hey guys, uh, you know, we got a chance. You think you'd work something up?" And Basically, what I did was, I put out opportunities for people to be creative beyond what they were told to do, mm-hmm. and I they they just said, yeah, let's work on this. So basically, it was it was it was just like this big cooperative effort. Um, even the engineering department, and this was the this was the big thing. Okay, this was probably the coup d'état.
1: Yeah.
0: stereo television was about to make its its appearance. The FCC was Going to permit stations to broadcast in stereo. TV state TV show- TV sta- TV sets at that time had a little red light on the front of them, and if a show was in stereo, the light came on. And um, so I was watching my TV a couple of months before the official announcement of stereo TV, and I'm noticing my red lights on. And I go to my engineering department and I said, "Hey, uh, Pedro, what's going on here?" He goes, "Oh, yeah, we're." Um, we're, we're, we're broadcasting in stereo right now. We're playing with a synthesizer that takes mono programming and creates a faux stereo, in addition to real stereo. Hmm. And I said, "That's cool." I said, "How's it working?" He says, "Oh yeah, no problem." The FCC approves it. everything's cool. And I said, "When is this going to happen?" He goes well. He didn't want to talk about it, but I found out that the station had was planning. I'm having this big to-do about stereo television, like on this Monday. I don't remember what Monday it was. Let's just say it's a Monday. And I go, dang, I'm going to beat him to it. Yeah. So I went to my I went to my audio guy, and I said, can you make this board, audio board, run stereo? And he goes, well, it's not wired for stereo, but if I do this, that, 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 yeah, I can make it. do. Okay, fine. So I go to, go to the production en- engineer and I said can you record stereo if we feed you a stereo feed he goes yeah yeah no problem okay so they go to my director and I yeah. said um, okay what we're going to do is we're going to make our we're going to be, be the first stereo show on channel 20 he goes
1: yeah.
0: does the programming department about this and I go no you going to tell him no <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, you're just surprised and I go yeah now, we had a recording, so it eventually got out. But we ended up doing the, uh, and, and I, I, I'm old enough, unfortunately, to remember when Stereo first came out and the Stereo demonstration tapes and records where you had someone singing in the speaker and then going over singing the speaker and you hear the, the footsteps going between the speakers. So we decided we were going to do the same thing. So, so we had the movie Zardos, which was a terrible film, but okay, Sean Connery was in it. I said, yeah. Well, let's do this. We had we had we had Gore in the left channel. We had Gore in the right channel. And the Gore in the left channel would only do liberal jokes, and the Gore in the right channel would only do conservative jokes about liberals. And the, and then they would start fighting, and then I would, then the third Gore would walk in between and try to stop it. It was it was a fun thing. We had a, a train going across, and we had Gore swinging across the set and flying into a wall. And yeah, I mean it was <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we got away like with it. Saturday before the Monday premiere, we aired the first stereo show in Washington, D.C., on any station, and it was Creature Feature. And I pulled it off. And it was only because people were kind of interested in doing interesting, creative things, and I was in, in a great environment to do that. Now, that being said, in the last couple of years, like in 85, 86, 87, when the new owners came in and they were shutting down the production facility because they said local television is dead. Then I'm watching my friends being fired. I'm watching the facility being shut down, and I know that I'm I'm going to be fired. I was in a very fortunate situation. I was a union performer. I was AFTRA. Mm. I was a very active after. As a matter of fact, I was on the local board. And if they fired me, they had to give me a very decent severance, and they didn't want to pay it, so they made life miserable for a year, hoping that I would quit yeah. and I didn't so and i just I just hung out and did what I had to do, and what I could do as creatively as I could with what little was left but um it was it was so th- at that point, I was kind of really glad it was over because it was. It was not a pleasant situation. This was fighting for your life and death. But most of the time, most of the time, uh, probably for the f- 10, 12 years, it was it was really a, a blast working there. And uh, Then we learned that when we, we got back on the Internet, we learned that, wait a second, you don't need a $5, 6000000 million dollar studio. You need a good camera. You need a computer that can edit. You need a server that can stream this stuff. And dang, I don't need a TV station I, I, admittedly you're limited to public domain films and or people who want to let you show their non-public domain films But yeah. you, from a creative standpoint it's much more flexible
2: yeah, I noticed that the set that you built um, out of your home it, it looked really like it, it almost looks very like a studio set um, do you know how long it took for you to build the set um, that you use now?
0: Well, actually, it depends, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there, there were actually three different uh, in-home sets. Yeah. Um, the first one actually was just literally painted on the basement wall. Mm. Um, the second one was actually the, the piece de resistance. It was actually modeled after the set we used at Channel 20, except it was significantly larger. And yeah. it did have a complete lighting grid. I mean, it, for all practical purposes, it was a full professional set. Uh, matter of fact, I had designed it in, uh, was we were there to, in 2005. In 05 yeah. I saw that we were going to end up eventually being an HD. So I designed the set with uh, actual block walls. So it had depth to it. And uh, we, we everything and the lighting was designed to add more depth to it because I knew we were going to end up being in an HD situation. And that set lasted from 05 to '15. Wow. That was the biggest set I've Um Then in '15, I moved again, and the the set that we're currently using it's it's pretty much the same pieces except there's less of it. And mm-hmm. we had to be a little bit more creative in shooting it, um, but uh, uh, as far as, as as building it goes, I mean, uh <laughs> the funny story was I was we had just moved into this home in uh, in Northern Virginia, had this mm-hmm. huge basement, and I was I was putting together these styrofoam blocks. They're they're they're. Th- uh, uh, 18 inches tall and 36 inches wide, and I was I was painting them, and they were styrofoam. So you had you had to put a, a latex paint on first, and then you could spray paint on uh, the grain and the, uh, the the veins and stuff that you would see in, in marble and, and rock. Um, mm-hmm. So because if you did if you just sprayed on the styrofoam, it would dissolve the styrofoam. Anyway, so I'm doing this in the front yard. People are walking by. I just moved in. Thinking, well, what you doing?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm I'm building my dungeon in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't. You, you can't see that. No, no. no. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm working on a theatrical set. Oh, you in the theater? You could say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And after about six or seven years, we kind of let the. Actually, what happened was, we had to let the cat out of the bag. When um, uh, the folks at uh, WTTG Channel 5 said, "We want to do our morning show from your dungeon." And I said, "Sure, why not?" So really? they sent Holly Morris over and they brought they sent out a remote truck. Yeah. So there at what 3:30 a.m. is this big remote truck sitting in front of my house with a mast going up about 50 feet tall to make a microwave link to the city, and with lights and generators and all this going on. And needless to say, the neighbors were a little concerned about what was going on in the house. (laughs) Then they tuned on to to Fox 5, and they said, oh, my gosh, look what's really going on in our (laughs) neighborhood. But they were cool about it. They were cool.
1: Yeah, I
2: can imagine that it'll be kind of hard. Well, not hard, but I guess it's like the, not so the shock, but just like, oh, that's what he does, or that's what he was doing. Do you get recognized on the street? I'm pretty sure the hardcore fans oh. recognize you, but do you know, like, do you, like younger
1: fans,
2: um, do they recognize you at all, or just more so the older
0: crowd? like Who knows
2: your work in public when you're not? Uh,
0: you know, it'd be, it'd be- honest with you. I think it was a lot easier. People recognized me more uh, years ago uh, because the Captain Twenty Captain Twenty was more visible and had less makeup. And uh, yeah. so yeah, the you know and and but more recently as I as I as I've gotten older and the couch doesn't show age as much yeah. <laughs> as I think I uh, now we got now now we have the interesting thing is the end of October Captain Twenty is doing his first personal appearance in several decades and this is wow. this is turning out this is turning out to be very very interesting. Yeah. The costumes, I mean I I, I do keep fit so the costume still fits fine, mm-hmm. uh, but the per, the purple wig was in pretty bad shape so we we had to do some some uh, yeah the ca- the captain is show is now showing his age. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Um, do you still get fans that show you their uh, the Captain Twenty cards by any chance, or is it more of a rare? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, well, you know, of course, every other day is Halloween. The, the The DVD had a club card in it. Wow. Um, if, you bought, if you bought the DVD, they had it had the club card in it for the first thousand, anyway. Yeah. Um, and actually, at the and in, in on the twenty eighth, when we do when Captain Twenty does his personal appearance, anyone that shows up with a club card gets a free popcorn.
2: Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. That is so cool.
1: Do so uh, that, that'll that'll be fun. Sorry, okay. that'll
2: be fun. Yeah. Do you think with, if this goes as a success, do you think you might do like a mixture of Captain Twenty and Count, or do you just? You're gonna to play to see how it feels and then kinda of go from there to see if we'll do more.
0: Yeah. Again, I'm gonna whip my fingers, stick it up in the air and see which way the wind blows, you know. Um I think I think, you know, we're having a really good time and very successful with the count at the AFI. So we'll continue doing that three times a year or until they tell me they don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Which I don't doing that. Um and that's a lot of fun. I mean we we, we packed the house you know, three times a year, and it's wonderful. And we have really loyal, wonderful people who come out, and uh, it's it's almost like a, a three-time-a-year reunion, and uh, yeah. it's fun. Uh, the captain, if it, if it works out, I think we might be able to do another one. We always start the shows, yeah. whether it's the captain or the count, showing about ten minutes of clips from uh, the television days. Or the, in, in the count's case, the television and/or internet days, and there's a whole lot more footage for the count. I don't mm-hmm. have that much of the Captain. The Captain, as a matter of fact, I was going through the ten minutes of footage uh, for this one next month, and it's like, ah, can I do that a second one? And I'm going, eh, it's going to be tough. Um, yeah. To just there wasn't that much we saved with the Captain because he didn't have. A show per se. These
1: are just promotion. Mm-hmm. I also noticed it's that.
0: Gonna
1: be yeah, I can
2: I can imagine because it's definitely something that will be a little different. So I'm pretty sure the fans will accept it and love it. Uh, as well as new fans will probably you know accept and love it as well. I do notice that you have a Roku app uh, that just recently came out. So that must be very
1: yes.
2: uh, amazing for you to go on this new platform where streaming. Is such a big platform now, uh, especially for everyone who's just basically streaming nowadays, either on your phone, your tablets, computers, TMO visions, whatever the case may be. Do you feel that there might be a future if Kevin Twenty does well live that it could that you could do a, a streaming serv- a streaming show again for Kevin Twenty, or do you just feel more
0: no, no, comfortable? No 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 no. <laughs> yeah. no 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 I'll tell you why I'll tell you why yeah. because if the, the captain, the, ca- the show that Captain did eventually was called Wow, and it was a great preschool show, and we did it in conjunction with a lot of educators who gave us a lot of input, and uh, it was a great show. Uh, the, we, I had thought about doing another show, the one that got me my sole Emmy, which was called Kids Break, and mm. that was a show done with puppets, and I did 11 characters on that show, um, including Captain 20. Captain 20 is one of the characters, uh, but most of them were puppet characters, and um uh, we thought about doing that, mm-hmm. but I'm watching kids and young kids and middle-aged middle school kids, and I'm watching them play with their tablets and their and their phones and their apps. And frankly, uh, it's not an area that I want to get into. I think it is being covered very nicely, mm-hmm. uh, and I have no expertise. Uh, I'm excited about Roku. When I started the interview, going when I took the count to the internet in 98 by 2000 I, I I told all my horror host friends I said get on the net because frankly in 10 years, 15 years at the outside everything is going to be streaming on the web all mm. the networks are going to pretty much abandon local television and they're going to go on the internet and everyone looked at me as if I was from Mars <laughs> I said no that's Captain 20 yeah. uh, I'm from <laughs> but that's, that's besides the point and I was right on. Now, what I was wrong was I was late getting on Roku. The fact that it took me this long to get on Roku, um, mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. But I've worked on it now for about a month to get – Roku is not easy. I mean, if you they have an SK, SDK or SKD, whatever it is. They have, a, they have an owner's manual that's written by a guy who is probably a lawyer for – <laughs> like – or a geek who's a lawyer, but it's like, huh? What are you t- They they create their own terms that that are actually something you're familiar with, just to mess your mind. Uh, but it took me a long time to get it to where it worked. And then then it has to go through the approval process, and even the approval process is not op it is it's opaque. It's not transparent at all. Um, and every time I change this show, and as I'm, I'm planning on changing it every month, basically it's a limited. I'm, I'm doing it different than a lot of people do. A lot of people do you know, tons of material, you know, yeah. hundreds of shows, and you just they, they put it up there once and then don't worry about it. I don't want to do that. I'm doing four movies a month, four interviews a month, and two shorts a month. And then I'll every, then the next month I'll do do it. So basically, there's only ten pieces on there. And um, so I'm making it simple for people. Because yeah. I, uh, I, I, I go through Roku right now, and I'll go to th- it. I can spend a whole evening just trying to make up my mind which channel i want to watch and then what I want to watch on that channel. And by the time I get to make my mind up, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, no, we're going to keep it simple. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this because people keep saying, we want to see you back on TV. And I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. the fact that for for 20 years, they've been watching me on the internet. They've been watching me on their computer. They've been watching me on their tablet. But they've been watching me in an uncomfortable place, basically sitting in front of a computer. Now they can go to their 50 inch, 60 inch, 80 inch television, sitting in their recliner with their favorite beverage, and they can recline back and turn it on, and they can now watch the same rotten movies. <and> On an idiot screen! <laughs> there you
2: go, exactly. Was there ever a time that you felt, during the process of trying to get it off the ground with Roku, did you feel that it may have not gone through?
0: No, 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 no. It, this was just, it, it, it's like any other, any other puzzle. I, I, I'm, again, technically very oriented, and it was just a matter of, I just needed to understand their terminology and. And how how it works. Once I understand how something works, I can deal with it. And yeah. and the Roku bait. The people of Roku have been fairly fairly pleasant about it, um, but it's. I mean, there's there's a whole there's a whole Roku forum that is really geeky about it. I mean, it's just like whoa whoa back it off you know hold it yeah. Again, let me let me put it to you this way. When I first got involved in computers. I joined a computer user group. Mm. Everyone in that computer user group was sitting there trying to figure out how to write their own programs. Mm. And I go, and I, except me, and I'm, they're going, why aren't you writing programs? I say, Excuse me. I'm learning to use, to, I'm learning about computers because I want the computer to work for me. I don't want to work for the computer. Mm. So I need to know enough on how to get the computer to make my life easier. And I don't want to have to work at making it easier because then it's not easier. So uh, no. Th- so uh, you know, right now, now that we got approval, I'm sitting here. I was just, I was just sitting around today thinking, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do for the next next month. And it, we now have the template. The template is not going to change; just the content is going to change, and the content is easy because I already have the content. So no. it's going to be simple. So so no. Uh, the big the big thing right now is is to get people to be aware of it and to get them to uh, to get the app. And since it's free Yeah that should that should be an incentive.
1: Yeah.
2: And you know I've used, like I have uh the streaming services I have like a Roku, I have an Apple TV. I have my like, game systems that have numerous apps. So yeah, it is very helpful, especially if it's free. I think that gets a lot more people involved. Like, oh okay this is cool, this is free. And you know it just uh, word of mouth. Do you find that certain platforms is a lot easier for you to promote, uh, such as Facebook or perhaps maybe Twitter or any other social media website? That when you get, I guess oh, more yeah. so, your audience. Like where uh, I, I would, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the question I was asking. Basically, do you find uh, certain platforms online to be a bigger audience, such as Facebook
0: or Instagram or anything like that,
2: or Twitter? Or anything well, like
0: look, that. you know you. If you're going to promote today, you've got to hit a a, a number of the platforms. I wouldn't say all of them because I'm not involved with all of them because, frankly, I don't have that much time a day to do all the platforms. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Gore's got his Facebook page. He's got his his Gore TV page. He's got another – he's got basically four four Facebook pages and – we got we have the uh Instagram account, we got Twitter uh, although frankly I'm still not I'm still not I still don't understand Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh you know we're, we and and then uh I've got uh extensive mailing list uh two extensive mailing lists plus a couple of Yahoo groups that go back literally decades that people wow. are still hanging in there um so y- yeah i mean you've got to use the social media and and i and you got to use it right for example i today uh, okay i've got i'm telling people that the show the the channel is up mm-hmm. i could just say that i could do a hashtag i think i did uh gore on roku hashtag goron roku but how do you you know, the first p- thing question people are going to ask is, particularly older people, is, well, how do I get it? Yeah. So, fortunately, I can capture HDMI off the Roku onto my computer, and I was actually able to do a very simple one-minute, okay, this is how you do it. You go to yeah. the home page. Yes, you, know, you use the down arrow. You hit okay when you hit streaming. And, and I just did the whole thing, and I, you know, put it up on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. I put it up on on Facebook. I put it up on twitter it's going tonight it's going up on Instagram. It'll be on yeah. the web program and then I put out on all the newsletter a link to the YouTube uh, uh, video so people could figure out how to do it and it's, yeah. so you, you just got to kind of use the, the marketing smarts that you have and adapt it to the new media
2: yeah and, and I think it's really impressive, especially how you're just evolving with the time. Um, Because I think that's really cool uh, with that. Um, Another question I have is, was there ever a time that you got negative feedback from parents who would watch, like, you know, my kids are watching Bozo and Captain 20 and now you're doing this? It just, like, was there any kind of negativity or any kind of negative feedback from parents um, in the beginning or any time at all when you were Gordova?
0: Uh, I've never had any negative feedback on the count yeah
1: uh,
0: that never never any went to my face anybody. Yeah. Um, uh I think mainly because he's an adult character and he's kind of a camp character, and he's kind of a fun character uh and I always kept i always kept the count within bounds mm-hmm. um, so that you know he didn't get too outrageous. I was thinking today while I was working on Captain Twenty of the f- the one there was one negative comment that I got about Captain Twenty when we first started Captain Twenty,
1: yeah. and it
0: made me stop and think and change something. So I made it, made Captain Twenty a, an alien, and of course I'm a huge Star Trek fan, so I did. Yeah. So I just said, "Live long and prosper, space buddies." Okay. <laughs> I got a mom calling. She said, "My kids in tears. Why? My kid's got leukemia. Is going to die in a couple of months, and you're telling him to live long and prosper." Oh my God. And that—that that was my—that exactly what. Through. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> you know,
1: you,
0: you don't—you don't think about this. Yeah. And so I go, okay simple. Maybe happy and win lots of prizes. Boom. We're just giving away prizes. Fine. Yeah. And that way, you know, but he was like that was the that was the first and most important negative comment I ever got specifically about Captain 20.
2: Yeah. That's really like uh, that's almost uh, it's, it's very, you know, hard to uh, yeah, it's such a huge deal. Um oh. really hard to almost like um, yeah, sorry. Uh, just trying to, this Well, you know what it
0: boils down to is this: when you're dealing with kids, and I and I learned this fairly quickly, you've really got to look beyond what your needs are, what the station needs are. You've got to put yourself in the position of the parent and or the child, and you've got to take responsibility for that. And maybe that's why I was the longest-running kid's character in Washington television, because I I, I really was putting myself in that position. And, you know, if someone came to me from the station and said, we were going to do this, and I thought it was wrong, I would fight against it and would usually win. So, you know, it's like, okay, let's do this right. And I had the freedom to get away with doing it right. And um, so, yeah, we... It was, it was a good thing, and uh, and like I said, from the count standpoint, you know that probably the worst the worst things I've ever heard from the count was occasionally eh, that show was boring. Now that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there were some movies that were just so bad I just didn't want to get out of the coffin, and so the- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think in one case I didn't. I said, No, I'm not getting out. You know, you watch it. I don't want to see. It. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Was there any um you know, I'm not I'm not too familiar with all the shows like I said, I just saw the documentary so this is like a little bit new to me, so I apologize to any of the fans. Was there any other movie any movies that you wanted to show but you couldn't either due to uh, you know, licensing rights or just the fact that the station was like, mm, no, I don't think you're gonna enjoy this or anything like that?
0: The only the only thing that comes to mind, and I'll give you I'll give you two stories. The first, is to answer your question directly, we were running a promotion on the best of the worst contest,
1: yeah. and
0: it was like twelve weeks on creature feature, and we would show movies that were picked by the Channel 20 staff. As I gave them a list of fifty movies, and most of them were at that point. Okay. When I first started, we had a movie, a horror movie library of eighteen hundred films to choose from. I wow. mean, we had, we had. I mean, it was like a gold mine. But as, as they expired, they weren't renewed, and yeah. we were getting down to the dregs. And so I said, okay, here, here's fifty movies, and one of the films was Invaders from Mars. And the original, and
1: right? The nineteen
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad film. And so that was the last movie. And we're getting ready to show it. And my program director comes up and says, Dick, it expired last week. Oh, my God. (laughs) You can't show it. Wow. (laughs) We've been promoting this contest. We've been putting out ballots. They're all printed. We've been distributing them through the distributor. Now the last one, we can't. So I had to go out and explain that uh, we can't show it. Be- I don't even remember what we showed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like wow. And actually, we turned it around. You're you, you yeah. giving lemons, you make lemonade out of it. And we did. We just played. Actually, I said, "Look, Stephanie, you're the program director. You're gonna. I'm throwing you under the bus." And she said, "Go for it." <laughs> <laughs> so I <I'm> threw <through laughs> the program director right under the bus, <laughs> and um, it, it, it worked out okay, but. But the, actually, it was the reverse that happened. i this happened in the 70s, back in yeah. the mid-70s. A program director came to me and he said, um, Dick, how would you like to show uh, Night of the Living Dead? I said, well, we've shown Night of the Living Dead before. He goes, no, 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 this is a theatrical release. Wow. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, there's a TV version and there's a theatrical version. And he says, no TV station ever runs the theatrical version because... It's got some scenes in it that you know the FCC probably wouldn't approve. And yeah. I said, "Well, Jim, we're in the home of the FCC; they <laughs> down <laughs> the block." <Yeah. laughs> he goes. I said, "What's what's going? What's really going on here?" He said, "Well, uh, we. You know, I talked to the distributor, and for whatever reason." We can't get the television version, and I want to show. I, and we're, we're running. We need to show it before we lose the rights to it. So we're going to have to show the theatrical version. And I said, I don't care. <laughs> I said, can we can we can we play with this and say, for the first time on television everywhere, we're showing you the unedited, the full uncensored version of Night of the Living Dead. He goes, Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we did, <laughs> and it, it was a huge, huge deal. I mean, we got press coverage and everything. And wow. no, there's only two scenes in there that were cut out. Yeah. Do, are you familiar with the film?
2: Uh, yeah, I know. you used to kind of on, on um Criterion, and they released the version, and they released the the um the other version. That of the a a Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yes, sir.
0: Well, okay. You know the scene. Where they're at the gas pumps, and the gas pumps blow up.
2: Yeah, of course, yes.
0: And the car burns, and then afterwards, the ghouls come and they start eating the bodies of, that were in the fire.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're pulling out intestines. That's what was cut out of the of the television version. Wow. It went from the, the the gas pump burning up. They cut all the the, the intestines being coming out, eaten by the. That was it. That was no big deal. Yeah. The night, not in the middle '70s. So we just, we just ran with it. And, but that was where they came to me and said, "We want to show something that you probably, we probably shouldn't, but go ahead anyway." Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want, but I don't want to know about it. You know, that was always. <laughs> yeah. that was oh.
2: awesome. well, that's really impressive. That was really cool that you weren't able to show *The various from Mars*, because that's one of my favorite old movies, the original and the remake. And I just loved how it was the director of the movie, who was also the art director for Gone with the Wind. So he did a lot of great artwork for that movie. So that would have been perfect to see, you know, the Count show that movie. But I think it was really cool that they showed that living dead. So that's kind of a pretty fair um, exchange. So it's kind of a shame. Well, that. You know, one
0: what, what of the good sides and downsides of being in Washington as a horror host Zachary and Elvira, New York and L.A. Zachary got huge national press, famous Monster Magazine, um,
1: and a variety of other
0: uh, magazines. You know Zachary was there. Come eighties, Elvira. Well, let's face it, she's beautiful. I mean, she's just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Know, she's sexy and so forth and so on. She's out of L.A. and But they, because they were in L.A. and Los Angeles, they got a lot of celebrities that would come on their shows. Yeah. Washington, you didn't get celebrities. You got politicians. And you don't want to have politicians on your show. <laughs> yeah. nah, no way. You make fun of them. You don't have them on your show. Uh, but we, did get, uh, we didn't get them on the show, but I did get to host and introduce George Romero, when wow. he premiered the movie Martin, which was the follow-up to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, and, and we had a big showing downtown, and it was really cool to to hang with uh, George Romero, and because uh, cause he told me, in, even up to his death, about a year, from the year before his death, I was chatting with him at a convention, and I said, yeah, honestly, you've made all these other movies, what's your favorite? He says, it's still Martin. I go, okay, yeah. there you go. So
1: that was cool. That's really awesome. Did you were you able to? Um,
2: did you ever get to meet any other famous celebrities? Because I know you had some on your show, but did you ever like meet any celebrities uh, of cons? Like, oh, you know, I watch your show, or I know of it, or anything like that.
0: Uh, I've met a lot of celebrities, uh, but again, since most of them are out of the West Coast, uh, they they really only knew me from seeing me on the circuit. Yeah. Um, uh, and. Uh, but I've, I've I've gotten I've gotten to be I won't say friends with because I I, I use friends in a very old school way. Yeah. I've become very good acquaintances with uh, uh, you know like Sid Haig and Dee Wallace, um, uh, Michael Barryman, um, oh, and, and, and several other oh Tony Todd. Yeah. Um, some, of the, some of the names I keep running into at conventions. You know, you you see the conventions. You you, you know you're, you're in the same room with them across maybe a, across the uh, aisle from them, and uh, yeah. So uh, you get you get to get to hang with them. But one of the downsides of again even uh, being out of the D.C. area was not having that national notoriety um, that uh, Elvira and and Zach had. Of course now yeah. Rich out uh, Rich Sven and out of Chicago. He just happened to be at the right spot at the right time when the parent company decided to come up with the sub-channels again. It was mm. like almost like going on the internet, having your own sub-channel of retro shows, and he gets to be that. He's probably, the, he is the most successful syndicated horror host in the history of television. Far and away more successful in syndication than Elvira, because he's got on almost a national network.
2: Yeah. Mm. And that's what I love is that, I think what I love is that when I saw Sven Gulli, I was so happy to see a horror host again. Because uh, I remember the last one, the, before Sven Gulli, the last one I remember was, aside from Ron Shear and Gilbert Godfrey, it was um, William Shatner. He hosted the show, uh, it was uh, Full Moon's Fright Night. And that was the last one I remember. then after him. It got quiet, as far as I know. And I just didn't really see any horror hosts. I was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, I I used to talk about it with my friends and everything else. And then when I saw Svengoolie, I was so happy to see that. And it was just like, you know, seeing all these characters come back again. And then when I saw your documentary, I was just so happy to finally see, like, oh, there's, you know, the horror host conventions. They're just online. They're doing this. And it was just so cool to see that. And it was just, I was so relieved, I'm so happy.
0: Are you a native of San, uh, San Antonio?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, born and raised.
0: You know, there was a a good friend of mine who was a horror host down there, Professor Griffin.
2: I'm trying to think.
0: Oh my God. Look him up. Look up. Uh, go put put in Professor Griffin, mm-hmm. horror host, and Google. And you'll see some pictures of him. He, as a matter of fact, he was a contributor for my web program very early in the late 90s. Oh, uh, he was one of the first jumped on board. We had him, Halloween Jack, um, the Bone Jangler out of uh, out of suburban Chicago. Now I think he was on a cable access channel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he he was he was San Diego, uh, San Antonio's. Uh, he's still down there, as a matter of fact. Um, he's working. Uh, with uh, uh Mr Lobo on um on some of the projects that Lobo's working on. So okay. um, so yeah, to look up Professor Griffin. Uh, he was he was the San Antonio host.
2: Oh wow well, yeah I'll definitely look into that. I mean, because I remember there was some host and then I I wanna say it's something like I'm pretty sure if I saw a picture like, oh okay that's who he is. So I'm pretty sure they like one of those things uh, that I remember. Like will just like instantly come to me it. Do you have you seen any kind of like, I not want to say knockoffs, but more of um, fan appreciations where they go, oh, uh, son of kind of, of Gordoval or daughter of Gordoval or anything like that. Like, have you seen characters like that either at conventions or online or anything like that?
0: No. The closest I've had was um, oh, what was his name? Gosh, there was a nationally, a national program. It was a comedy program that had a vampire horror host on it. And everyone would say, you realize he's modeling himself after you. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I, and I, oh gosh, I can't, I'm blanking, I'm blanking who it was. He he, he was only on for several, a couple of years um but he, some of the stuff is still around. I just can't for the life of me. Count Floyd. Count Floyd.
1: Oh yeah. Uh
0: and, I, and they said everyone kept saying, "He's copying you." Yeah. And I go, "Well, you know, highest form of fat flattery is copying someone. Of course he's not as good." But <laughs> yeah.
2: That was actually one of my uh, my favorite uh, things on SCTV was Count Floyd. I think that's what – he was the one who single-handedly got me into, like, more so horror and horror host. And I would just – I would love his bit that it was – he would show the same – practically the same movie over and over again. And it was always a terrible clip, and he was just like, uh, I guess it gets better. And I would just laugh at every time. It was the same joke all the time, and it was hilarious to me. So I guess to him it was almost like it's almost cosmic now that he got me into like hard, ho's, horror movies, and now I'm here talking to one of my heroes, and we're talking about him. So it's a kind of cool, you know, full circle kind of thing.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So it's like it's like the the full universe. There we go. We're back. Yeah. So what other questions do you have? It's starting to edge on into late night here, on, or at least my late night here on the uh, East Coast
2: yes sir. I was going to probably wrap it up soon because I don't want to take up too much of your time um, but I do want to say uh, one final question before I go um, sure. so with the fun, with the movies coming out I know Count Gordevall is evolving do you think he will eventually do you think the Count would show either modern movies or do you think more so the Count is better showing a classic you know the black and white or you know the old sci-fi horror stuff like that
0: well, you know, and uh, if you watch the web program, you'll, you'll you'll notice that we run a feature, an old feature film, public domain mm-hmm. feature film, for two weeks, and then the following week we run a new short. One of my, one of my, I want to one of my things of life is I love new work. I love the new creative people that are coming out and doing stuff. And most of these folks, they start their careers and they they put out shorts and they do the festivals. And I just love being able to showcase new and upcoming filmmakers, some of whom have gone on um, and they've now gotten full-time jobs in Hollywood. And they're now maybe not, you know, big-time, multi-billion-dollar movie makers, but, you know, they they started out they got some exposure and I was I did my little part to help give them some exposure and Great. to help convince them that you know this this might be where they should go so yeah I do like I love I love new films I love particularly the shorts um, and uh, as far as, and I I have shown some new productions over the years uh, I've had had people look every Tuesday at least for a while. Uh, they would release on Tuesdays all the new DVDs that came out. I mean, it was like, that's the day all DVDs were released Released on. We make this movie, we spend the money, how do we make our money back? How do we get people to notice it? And people have come to me and they said, look, we just can't get any, any distribution or we get distribution, we can't make any money, we tie up the film for a dozen years and we, it gets lost. Can you show it and maybe get us some exposure? So I have had people yeah, maybe once or twice a year, people come to me and we we show some films. If it's if it's a decent film, um, you know, some sometimes they're a bit too I won't say pornographic, but yeah, yeah, too too sexy. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we we've shown some new stuff and and I, yeah, I'd be happy to to showcase new newer films. Um, I think you got to mix them. I think a lot of my, I think my fans like the old old stuff, but I don't think it. And I think Gore has always, matter of fact, even back in the in the seventies, we were showing sixteen millimeter shorts that people would bring to us, <coughs> because, you know, this is the next generation, the future generations of filmmaking, and I and I think it's you know if I have the if I have the platform to give them some exposure, a positive exposure.
1: I'll
2: do it. Yeah, That's really amazing. That's really beautiful to hear that because uh, I know a lot of cases, some people, uh, a lot of filmmakers nowadays are so hungry, and they are just, you know, loving any second they can get it, either online, either exposure through a share or someone talking about it. So it, it helps a lot, and I think, you know, that's really beautiful to hear. Um, so I just want to thank you for your time and, you know, opportunity for me to interview um, you, sir,
0: let me let me let me throw one other thing out along the same line. You didn't ask the one question that always people ask, <laughs> but you were getting close to it. How do I feel about the remakes of classics? Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm I'm and, I, and this is where I this is where I differ from a lot of my my compatriots. Film goes back a long way. Film now is more than a hundred years old think about Dracula came out in, what, 32? I think yeah.
1: um, and, uh,
0: so, you know, it was And so, you know, we're now 80 years past. It's okay. So here's my thought. Every generation is different than the one before it. Mm-hmm. Every generation has to recreate the mythology of the past in a way that they can accept it. Or in their style. So I have n- really no problem if someone wants to take a mythological creation, character, story, and recreate it for their own generation. My only thing is they should do it right and do it well. Yeah. And, and so, so, you know, they, uh, someone says, wow, they're remaking what's called Well, if they do a good job, that's cool. Yeah. If they, if they if they're just ripping off the title, that's not cool. Yeah. It's, you know. So so that I'm, I'm a little bit yeah, I I have no problem with with that. Matter of fact, uh, go back and you know I, I people say oh, I want your favorite Dracula movie, and I'm going well. To be honest with you, it's the one that most people don't like, and that's Frank Langella's Dracula that he starred in back in the seventies. Oh yeah,
2: that was cool. a good one.
0: Yeah, I mean. Had hair that wouldn't quit. Of course, he's bald now, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's a great actor, and I just thought I just thought was well shot. Um, for uh, Francis uh, uh, uh Dracula, I thought was just awesome. Uh, mm. But again, it's you know, every everyone's got to do it. As long as they do it right, I think, and the generation appreciates it, that's cool. Although I really still think we need some new monsters and I'm thinking we're we're starting to see some of the Conjuring series I think is, is, is been been following along this line now. That I think I and I and the American horror story I think has been done a really good job of about eight seasons now of of um, telling really scary movies well or scary stories well. So yeah. there, there, that's my that's my that's my editorial.
2: <laughs> oh, no worries. Yeah, I completely agree. I think yeah, I'm on the same boat with remakes. I mean, if they do it right, that's perfect. If not, then regardless of what happens, they're still going to redo it over and over again to the point where they either run out or they get it right. But yeah, I'm just really happy to see that we're seeing new monsters, new creatures, new ideas, because it's just so different. And they're taking elements where now they're doing movies that, okay, it's a drama with horror elements or it's a comedy with horror elements. So they're like mixing so many things and almost making it To a movie where everyone can enjoy it or everyone can talk about it, versus they're they're making horror movies a little bit smarter. And I think that's really cool how they're just incorporating so many ideas and just making a good movie, especially if it's an original good horror movie.
0: I couldn't Um, agree with you
2: more. Yeah. Um, But I just want to say, you know, thank you so much. And off the record, um, I was very nervous. Um, to talk to you because I was just I was very shocked. I just started writing for House of to, uh, Souls, and you know it's just one of the things that I, I love it, and it's it's been such a uh, great experience so far. And I have to admit that when I saw the documentary, I was in tears because it was just so beautiful to see this. It was just it reminded me of my childhood growing up, you know, watching all this stuff, and it, it was just I wrote the review. And it was just, you know, I told everyone, I, like, I wanted to write more. There was just so, it's just, it's something that I couldn't put on paper. It was just, I had to be more. It was almost like I wanted to write a book about everything. And I told uh, my editor, my editor, you know, I want to interview him or if it's possible. If he says no, that's perfectly fine. You know, he's a busy guy. I don't want to disturb him or anything. And I just want to say, you know, thank you for listening to me. Thank you for being patient with me as well as thank you for taking the time out to you know interview me uh, to answer my questions and I just wanna say you know from the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me something to believe in because it's just you know I loved um horror movie host I love the horror I love horror movies I even hosted uh a horror uh live show a while back. And it was um, um, a movie called The Song of Solomon, and it was just, it was, I wanted to do something different, and I put my own spin on it, me and my friend, we put it together, and it was just, it was such a thrill ride, so when I saw the documentary, it just, it, it made me fall in love with everything all over again, so I just want to say thank you so much for everything.
0: Well, you're very welcome, and I only have one thing to say, and that is, do a good job at what you're doing, and then, and, and then. And enjoy what you're doing. So there it
2: is. Yes. yes, sir. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Well, okay. I'm sorry.
0: Yes, go ahead. No, oh. I was gonna say oh. uh, I was just gonna I was just gonna wrap things up and say, uh, you know, uh, thank you for uh, for thinking of me, and uh, uh, I hope uh, hope that the article turns out okay.
2: Yes, sir, and I'll be sure to tag you in both articles if you like. Um, that way, if you wanted to, sure, like whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely promote your shows and will definitely promote, uh, your television program real cool. So, but thank you once again Thanks. so much.
3: You have been listening to a house of tortured souls production.